0: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy
1: The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Homemade macaroni and cheese makes a hit. And it's simple with Kraft
0: macaroni and cheese dinner. Only a nickel a serving, too. You get tender macaroni and new, improved Kraft grated that makes Kraft dinner golden with rich cheddar flavor. For this tasty main dish, we've spooned into it our uh, to frankfurters that we've split and broiled and then spread with mustard. The garnish is pimento. Enjoy it often, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Dinner. And to get any of tonight's recipes free, send a postcard with your name and address to Kraft Television Recipes, Box 1718, Chicago 77, Illinois. The bourguignon. French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. A perfectly delicious dish.
1: <laughs>
0: so we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case we fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. <laughs> Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to sauté it in this first until it's browned and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it's cooked very, very slowly just at the bare simmer and once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling, you don't have to look at it anymore. (gasps) Then I'll set the soft grain out, and then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. The flavor of the onions and the beef to all blend themselves with the stew. That's going a little too hard, so I'll put it side. There. In about two or three minutes, if you had it in the icebox, you heat it up very slowly and baste the meat with the sauce. And then, and then you cover it and, and simmer it very slowly for about two or three minutes until everything. Tender and hot fruit. Well now, this is ready to serve. Right now.
1: Hi, this is
0: Carmen. And Guinevere. And you're listening to Eat It and Beat It. On the Two True Freaks Network. We are here together. Alone.
1: Now Now we we just just
0: need need you. you.
2: Hello, and welcome to Eat It, the first half of a two-part podcast, this half concerning food. I am Sweet Baby Potato, (laughs) and I am here with my uh, podcasting partner, Agent Orange. You can just call me
3: O for short. The Big O. The Big O. And and we are
2: doing Orange Foods this month. That's right,
3: Orange food. Yeah, well, imagine that. Orange food. And we're doing it because we love you people. That's it. And we want you to know that orange food is the healthiest food you can eat. I mean, if you look at the top 10 healthiest foods, they're all orange. There's the orange, carrot, papaya, pumpkin, the orange tomato, the butternut squash, the cantaloupe, the golden beet, the guava, and the sweet potato. But in all reality, fuck that. We're going right nope. to the orange goodness that is the best color of any anything you can put in your mouth, right?
2: Oh, the the bright orange neon oh. artificial orange. I mean, color. what
3: is there anything that that is that color that can actually taste bad?
2: Oh, that's why I think like the the iconic food for this this one should be just the square. In a plastic wrapper of American cheese. Just a, it's like a tile of orange, you know? I mean, as orangey orange as you can now, get.
3: If I say to you orange food, what is the first thing that pops into your mind? Cheddar cheese? Cheddar cheese? Orange, yep. To, to me, it, it was either Velveeta cheese. Oh, Velveeta, yeah. Or cheese puffs. I mean, what 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 orange food is our childhood well first that first thing that comes back to mind that can take you back to your childhood of orange food let's hear it this this is going to be good your orange opus as they say
2: well besides just oranges which is Ah, oh yeah fuck
3: that we're 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 we're,
2: we're, because i ate a lot you know little kids eat a lot of oranges we're way
3: beyond soccer mom oranges and ziploc bags
2: no, we're talking it's it's either got to be cheesy puffs which m- only my grandparents would really give me cheesy puffs but boy oh boy cheesy puffs uh. are good or the grilled cheese sandwich with just two slices of orange cheese behind between white bread so you just have you know
3: that goo Now cheese puffs I mean did you know that cheese puffs were invented pretty much as a mistake they, no. they were they were it, they were they were invented uh, by people who used to make food for cattle trying to make the corn go a long way so they grinded up corn and they would try and fluff it up in a process that could extend the, the corn make it poofier and and get more corn more bang for your buck but something happened in the machinery And it heated up, and this corn mixture all of a sudden just poofed. And there you have it. And it was in Wisconsin, the land of cheese. At first, they they developed it into a snack food, which is salt. And then someone decided to go ahead and add cheese powder to it. And that's where Orange Cheese Puffs started. That's it.
2: Now, are you a are you a poofy cheese puff eater or are you a crunchy cheese puff eater? I have to be
3: honest with you. I'm a crunchy cheese puff eater. Now, I'm not going to throw away a poofy cheese puff. I'm not, but uh, I I like the crunchy man. I
2: started out as a kid. It was poofy all Mm -hmm. the way, and the crunchy ones kind of tasted like farts to me when I was when you had an
3: uneducated palate.
2: Right. Correct. And, uh, and now it's just the opposite. And, and just like you, I'm not going to pass oh. over regular poofy, cheesy puffs. Even a
1: cheesy
2: Because they're, they're, deli- they're their own eating experience and their own because they sort of melt on your mouth and you get like the cheesy fingers and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. But the, 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 the little crunchy ones are definitely more flavorful, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. And
3: there's only one way. to. Eat.
2: They're more concentrated. One, one
3: way to eat the poofy one is to just put it in your mouth and just let it dissolve.
2: Just let it Not sit.
3: unlike a, uh, a a Eucharist, fucking uh, put in your <laughs> mouth. You you let it dissolve until it's nothing. That's that's it. But but the original crunchy ones came around in 1948, and here we are. You know, seventy years or something odd later, and and they're and they're still around, and they are one of the most popular popular snack foods that there are. And and there's actually a timeline for for uh, cheese puffs. You started off with Crunchy Cheetos, then the next big one was Cheetos Puffies, Cheetos Paws discontinued in 1993.
2: Then I remember Cheetos uh, Paws,
3: Flaming Hot Cheeto, love them. Then came Cheetos Checkers, discontinued in 98. Crunchy Nacho Cheetos discontinued in 97.
2: I don't think I remember either That's of those. That's why they're
3: discontinued. Zigzag Cheetos discontinued in 2002. Cheetos X's and O's discontinued in 2000. Flaming Hot Cheetos Puffs. Uh, Cheeto, and all, a lot of these Cheetos are regional, like the Flaming Hot Cheetos Cun Limon, which is lemon, are available in the Hispanic community. And then they have your baked Cheetos. I don't know if those were the ones that made you shit. I think those were the potato chips they that they had that. Yes, with
2: the Olestra.
3: Then white white cheddar cheese Cheetos, uh, Cheetos mixes. And then in Japan, the most interesting one I've seen is the Pepsi flavored Cheeto. Only in Japan. Pepsi flavored?
2: Pepsi Pepsi Cola? Pepsi
3: flavored Cheetos. Available only. Well, sure, I could see it. Available only. I
2: could see the Cheetos being sweet. Yeah. And a Pepsi flavor. I mean, come on. What if you made Cheetos that were like honeycomb flavor, like the honeycomb cereal flavor? That
3: would be delicious. You mean with a little bit of sweetness to them? With the, just the
2: honeycomb's hey. honey sweetness flavor to them, you know, instead of cheese, obviously. You, they wouldn't you, be Cheetos yeah. anymore. They would be honeycomos and or whatever. <laughs> honeycomos. And they wouldn't be orange. No, they would now, not be orange. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm straying no, this off that's our, good. That's uh, good.
3: Now, now, when you eat a Cheeto and you get the Cheeto finger... Uh, Are you a licker or do you let the cheese build up so much on your finger that you can actually do a little tooth scrape?
2: Well, I do do the tooth scrape and then I lick off the rest. Yeah. Why not get
3: both in there? There you go. There you go. Now you're talking. But Cheetos, yeah, a terrific, a terrific orange food. Give me something else. Uh, mac
2: and ah, cheese, ah. but not, not, not mom's mac what and cheese Kraft mac and, cheese, Kraft mac and
3: cheese. mac and cheese.
1: Make some craft macaroni and cheese. Please, please make some craft macaroni and cheese. It's nice and cheesy and it's really pretty easy. Please make some craft macaroni
3: and cheese.
2: You know, it doesn't have to be craft, It can be whatever generic,
3: generic brand of-
2: that you find.
3: And, and, you know, uh, James Lewis Kraft, the founder of Kraft Mac and Cheese, he didn't actually invent macaroni and cheese. Of course, it was around for centuries. David. Been- it was Thomas Jefferson who in invented macaroni they and cheese. You know, it's, the recipe has been around forever. But what he did invent was the process of powdering the cheese to give it a longer shelf life. Before that, they would have, uh, they would sell macaroni in a box with a little bag of cheese on the side, taped in it. But you, it didn't last. It didn't last. So what, what this guy did was he invented the process of powdering the cheese, and the rest is history. And this this came around – it was great for uh, the war years when food was was scarce and it had to last. And you could put it on your shelf, and it would last – it lasts approximately 10 months, to be honest with you. that, That's how long the macaroni and cheese – although I think I've probably eaten some that have been a lot older than that.
2: Yeah, and it hasn't really
3: made a difference at all. (laughs) And it was a heavy-filling, meat-free dish that was used during times of rationing during World War II. And, yeah, I mean, there's different kinds. But for me, it's always the blue pack. I can't – 99 cents usually, maybe a dollar gets you you that. And it's a good standby for me. Uh, Do you have any tricks to jazz it up? There's
2: also – I use also – I mean – I i I once I thought I was a genius and I added bacon oh that does sound good. good. it does sound good it was it was just too much salt too much there it's salty enough and you add bacon to it and it was just incredible insanely salt you know it was just like I was chugging glasses of water afterwards. I found hot dogs, but I take the hot dogs and I cook them so they get nice and some black char on them and then cut them up and and it'll throw them in there and that'll that's a that's a total, like, little kid comfort oh, food absolutely. meal. Uh, I like to throw um, canned peas in really? there. Really? I've never heard of that. It's good, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Chipotle peppers are pretty good.
3: So intrigued intrigue
2: me. You know, I mean, if I'm going to get fancy with macaroni and cheese, I'll make it from oh. scratch, you know, old-school recipe, and, you know, there's all sorts of things. I put broccoli in craft macaroni. Broccoli works out well because... It's got a sort of mild flavor, and it does cut the saltiness. Oh, come on, as a
3: kid, that's the only way you'd eat broccoli—is if you smother it in, in in cheese, you know.
2: And then there's using heavy cream instead yep. of milk. That'll help a well, lot.
3: They've tried <laughs> to come up with different options, and there are different options. There's like double cheese, white cheese, shells. Uh,
2: yeah, there's there's even a um, oh we are we already a Velveeta variation. Of uh, macaroni and cheese, it comes with that little pouch of like liquid, Velveeta. In yeah, it.
3: Velveeta is is to me. I think it's. I don't even know if it's not even cheese, but but it's it's food of the gods, man. I mean, nachos. It it to me when I make fresh macaroni and cheese, it's got to have Velveeta. And you had you said cheese slices, Velveeta cheese slices were always the best for sandwiches for me. I mean.
2: it's a process. Velveeta Uh, makes the double thick ones
3: too that are crazy. I have some jalapeno, a big brick of jalapeno Velveeta cheese. I I, I haven't, I haven't, I just like looking at it. I I don't really want to do anything with it because I've never seen it before and I'll never see it again. I would make a
2: good mac and cheese. Oh
3: gosh. I mean, it's, it was, it's a, it was invented in 1918, believe it or not, by, uh, Emil Frey of the Monroe's cheese company in Monroe's, New York. And in 1923, the Velveeta cheese company was introduced as a separate company because it was so, it, it was doing so good. And they sold it to Kraft foods in 1927. So it's not even really cheese. It's a cheese product. And they have to say that on there, but, uh, it, it, it's cheese, cheese food. Cheese food, yeah. Processed cheese, pasteurized processed cheese product. But, uh, you know, they, it, they uh, it was advertised as a nutritious health food. And in the 30s, Velveeta became the first cheese to gain the American Medical Association's seal of approval. But these were the same people that said smoking was good for you, too. So it's probably a bunch right. of bullshit. But yeah, Velveeta is is nothing more american than Velveeta cheese and if you bring anyone from europe or any other part of the world and you make them taste Velveeta, they'll think we're barbarians but fuck them it's delicious
2: the thing is they it gets a lot of flack for not being cheese but it really is made of the same ingredients as a lot of as most cheeses you know there's there, there, there's still some enzymes being, you know, it's still, it's still technically cheese. Yeah, well, yeah, but. yeah, it is,
3: and and there's nothing like dumping a can of salsa into a little bit of a brick of Elvita cheese, stirring it up, and Texas. That's queso. Man, that yeah. chips is the way to go. Love it. All right, hit me with another.
2: Orange sodas.
3: Orange sodas. Oh, my God, there's nothing better than an orange soda. You know what? Even an off-brand orange soda, you don't have to have the sun-kissed.
2: You can... You, well, that's the thing. There's two different versions. There's there's orange soda, which is that soda, which is like the artificial orange flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's whatever they do with the slice, which has a little more fruity orange, like real flavor to okay. it. Okay. All right. Slice always was like the premium orange soda of orange sodas. Although, when we were little kids, I can't remember. There was a. uh, And it was like Fago or something like that. But it wasn't Fago. Fanta? It was a a diet orange soda that had. um, It was one of the last things to have um, saccharin in it. Oh,
3: saccharin. The. Yeah. And when, when we were
2: kids, it, and the saccharin is super sweet, and that was the stuff that we had to get because it was like so. It was just like putting a hummingbird up to a you know. Now, correct me. A, a sugar. Correct lift. me
3: if I'm if I'm wrong, but when diet sodas first came out, they had saccharin in them, and then they were found to uh to you know fuck up rats, give them tumors. That whole secret. That whole yep. secret of Nim stuff was going on, you know, with the mice. And, and, uh, but people got so pissed off that didn't they bring it back and, and put a warning label on it? Or did they bring it back and had to change it?
2: I... I think there was a warning label for a while and then it was gone. I think when we got the orange soda, the, that, that was during the warning label yeah. phase because it was, you had to seek out that one brand to get the saccharin. And, and saccharin didn't have that like weird dry aftertaste that aspartame and yeah. a lot of the other
3: other ones have you're not going to get that taste again but if we're on orange drink i got to bring up tang oh now, geez. do you have i never had a big tang experience when i was a kid uh was it something that that you uh
2: we got it once in a while when we were, my parents would pick it up for us once in a while if we begged them enough tang was also you know marketed as being
3: healthy yeah bullshit high high in vitamin c yeah, well, you know, and they said it was developed for, for NASA, which wasn't quite true because, uh, you know, it first came out in 1957 and uh, the powdered form was came out in 1959. And it was, you know, the sales weren't that good. They weren't that good until NASA used it on John Glenn's Mercury flight in February of 1962 and that is what really took off that was probably the golden age of tang i mean they had they had yeah. different different flavors and when you think tang and and to be honest with you i haven't even seen it in the stores i haven't been looking for it
2: it's still it's around in a long yeah. time
3: you know uh, but yeah if, if you got away with it you could you could uh add three or four scoops in there when owen is looking and just have like pure liquid liquid sugar
2: well that the, the, you would do, what, what you would do with the tang was just keep stirring it in until you got the saturation point and then at the very and then like once you pass the saturation point you would drink it and then you would have that last like, uh, that slimy yes, gritty yes. It would, it would super super sour um, bottom sandy sandy. Of, yeah it was uh-huh. delicious. Uh, yeah, I used to do that with ice, with the, with instant iced tea oh, too. To me, it
3: was a coffee thing at Dunkin' Donuts. You would get coffee regular, and here on the East Coast, that's fading away. People don't know what that is anymore. But coffee regular here in New York is coffee with cream and sugar. And Dunkin' Donuts would put—I swear to God—like two huge tablespoons of sugar in your coffee, and you would drink it, and then you would just wait, and it would be like the Heinz ketchup commercial, waiting for that last drip of sugar coffee make sure to come into your mouth and oh man that was it that was it but yeah tang is something I think of as orange and I never really had I mean I, I drank it but you know what I did drink and I had a love hate relationship with it was sunny delight oh yeah now,
2: that was like just like processed it, it orange wasn't, juice even,
3: I'm not even sure if it had any real orange in it I mean
2: I think it did I think it had like orange juice but it was cut with a lot of water and um, corn syrup oh yeah yeah and and maybe like some apple juice or grape juice or something sort of neutral to just sort of pat God, it out that's... and make it and then it had no pulp in it it either. makes me mad
3: I should have done some more research on that because I would have I mean we bought it I think I think it was cheap and I think that maybe parents thought you know oh this is orange juice but no, no I'm afraid it wasn't orange juice. Uh, it it was a uh, sunny uh, orange, orange drink, <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. it's
2: orange. And... What about what about orange G, Orange Gina?
3: Orange gene, yeah. Orange Gina came in the fancy bottle, didn't it? Like a little, like a little glass, uh...
2: like a little genie bottle almost. It was like a little round round on the bottom and then did, tapers didn't up. Didn't
3: get it very often, but when I did, yeah, it it, it, it was good. Uh, you had mentioned the other day about uh the creamsicle the yes. orange creamsicle which is that thin orange shell of i guess it was sherbert maybe and then in the middle it was vanilla or some type of ice cream that is an orange a definite orange uh memory for me the orange and an orange sherbet too. the ice cream i would never Orange sherbet is the best sherbet of all the sherberts. Yeah, the push pop orange. You know, wasn't that always like we can get a Flintstone push pop or something? You would push it up, and and it would be like a sherbet, and and you would just just lick it as you went. But there was, sadly, to say I probably not any orange in most of the stuff we we talked about. Real orange, which real orange. Maybe it doesn't taste as good as the fake stuff. I've been disappointed by more oranges that I've eaten than I've ever been. by. That's, that's the thing about
2: oranges is is when I'm at the grocery store, I can't t- – like I can pick up an a avocado and be like, ooh, this is a good one 90 percent, you know, 95 percent of the time. An orange can look beautiful and feel beautiful. And then you get home and it looks beautiful as you peel it. And then you bite into it and it can be dry or flavorless. Sometimes they're beautiful. Sometimes they're awesome. Like I have pretty decent luck with blood oranges.
3: Yeah. The orange is basically the last girl at the bar at two o'clock in the morning. She looks really good, but get her home and you're probably going to be disappointed.
2: Yeah, and and the thing is, a good orange. That's the thing is that you have to peel it and stuff. But I like, I like peeling it. I like getting those orange peel zest smell on my fingers. You know, it's almost like a clean. Well,
3: peeling. if you get the navel, that's easy to peel. Sometimes you'll get a Valencia or a juice orange, and you're you're more pissed off than anything, and you just wind up just cutting it into slices and just just biting it. Yeah, and uh, and eating it like that. But but you were mentioning off the air about a secret uh, uh, orange recipe that,
2: that yes this recipe has orange juice yeah figures uh,
3: very uh, prominently now now in is it. this a family recipe here or
2: no this is completely one hundred percent my own invention do tell
3: and do tell the background story if there is one I don't know <laughs> I was
2: experimenting nice. And uh, I was experimenting in the winter during cold and flu season. Everybody was getting sick, and I thought, why don't I put everything that like fixes a cold and flu into into one thing? And that thing. And at, at the time, I was working in a place where I was in charge of the soup. So we would always have two or three of the same kinds of soup, and then you know uh, a different soup of the day every couple days. Mm-hmm. You know. So I was I I, I did this n- new soup, and I, and my boss let me experiment like crazy, so um, I what I what I basically did was I I you know took all the folk cures for for a cold, and put them all together and made probably one of the orangest things you know you could ever have, and um, before I'd made a a, a carrot soup. Okay. That that I made very much like a squash, yeah. Soup that, and yeah. so I was sort of basing it on that. So, you know, the basic basis of the soup is, is uh, and and you know, I'm sorry for all the people who want to like write down the recipe. I've never written down a recipe or measured anything none, on it. Best, you know, none, it's of all, none of the best chefs ever do. It's it's, uh, but I can tell you how to put it together. And what you want to do is you want to have 50 percent. Now if you know there's a, if if you want to stay there's no meat in this but if you're going cold buster which is what I call it the cold buster soup you want to have it you want to use chicken stock you can if you're a vegetarian you can use vegetarian stock yeah. is 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 fine you know a savory okay. stock but you want to go half and half chicken stock and orange juice and that's your basic stock for the soup, and and the orange juice is with you know you want to you want to get without pulp or or you know you want to take out now, the pulp. Are you, you reducing
3: so this, you just... letting it boil for a little while to uh, to maybe get more orange flavor, or is it pretty much just thrown together?
2: No, no. First, no. You just fifty okay. percent. You, you you put the stock in. Well, actually, the first thing I would do. Just as uh as if you're doing soup anyway, is I would throw some oil in the bottom of a pan, and throw some onion, you know, some diced onions in there, yeah. and and saute the onions till they're soft and starting to caramelize a little bit, and you know, just just a basic soup thing, and uh, you know, get a little caramelization on the on the bottom of the pan, and you know, you might want to throw some uh, some chopped up celery in there while you're at it, you know, towards the end so and then and then put the stock on top of that when it's all cooked then you want to then you want to chop you know peel and and chop up a whole bunch of carrots you know i would say um eight regular size carrots Probably. this is looking very orange and you chop them up chop them up throw them in your food processor and chop them until they're down to like little little tiny chunks so you're gonna throw it. You're gonna throw it in your soup. To to boil and and it will boil the that carrot soft, you know. So you 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 don't quite have a mush there of carrots, you know, like a squash soup. There's still a little texture okay. to it. And then, then you just start throwing in all the all the stuff. You know, you want to salt and pepper it to taste. But the the other. Um, Cold Buster elements to it are you want to get two good sized chunks of of raw uh, ginger.
3: Very good, yeah.
2: And Very peel good. that. You know, you you get the you get the nice like half a fist size piece with a couple of ar- You know, nice stem with a couple arms coming off it. You want a couple of those, and you peel those, chop them up <clears throat> a little bit, and throw them in your food processor. So you have this nice chopped um, um, ginger and probably equal amounts. And depending on your taste, you know, don't be shy with the garlic. Probably equal amounts garlic, you know, that chopped up fine and thrown in there too. Lots of garlic, ginger. And uh, then depend and then if it's your taste the when I first made it I used cayenne yeah, I was say, to cayenne. give it just a little bit of heat And good for your liver and and uh and then I switched it up after that to uh chipotles
3: nice smoky taste
2: because they're smoky uh, they get that like smoky dark taste to them and it just adds a little you know adds a little something to it and that's basically it it's, it's good, you know, it's, it's better the next day. It's better to cook it, boil it up till everything's nice and soft, let it sit overnight, and when you reheat it the next day every, all the flavors have cooked together, and it's it's not as, you would think it would be kind of sour and tart from the orange juice, but it really well, doesn't do that. The, the orange carrots, juice sort of mixes together with the definitely carrots. At least
3: sweeten it up. Well, that's
2: and I, I used to make it every winter, and uh it would get housed by the employees before the customers would even get nice.
3: it. Nice, nice. And now its secret is out. But I did. It almost makes me wish I had a cold. I'm definitely. Oh.
2: I know. I wish we'd recorded this so it was in the middle of winter. It was a nice winter for some
3: cold buster soup. But I need You tell me now that 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 it's probably by the time this airs, it's probably going to be you know summer, beginning of summer. For God's sakes. It
2: will be this. I think this will be the May episode. Oh. Well
3: of eat it and since we're doing a little bit of uh, it, it is uh, about that time once again on our food uh, eat it pod, uh, part of our podcast that we bring in our good friend George Leonard Herder Our patron, patron, saint. patron saint of course bullfinch and authentic historic recipes and practices. I looked up orange and believe it or not, there is something that he has here called the Orange Marie which I have actually made, if I may read rather quickly, because yeah, you have to read his backstory. Marie de was a had a fine castle in Miramont, Belgium. The remains of it are still there. One of her admirers presented her with a group of Indian slaves from South America and fresh oranges at the same time. The Indians wore huge South American ostrich plumes in beautiful high headdresses. And the queen and the villagers learned to love the Indians dearly. And soon the queen gave them their freedom. And today every year in the nearby town of Binche, Belgium, the people celebrate the arrival of Indians and in oranges. And nearly every man in town dresses up as an Indian with a huge ostrich plume headdress on their heads and they carry a basket of oranges. Now, there is about 30 years ago, which when this book was written, we're talking a long time ago, a man named Andé Dupree, Dupree, a cafe owner, invented a wonderful drink and called it the Orange Marie in memory of Marie de Hongrie. And it is a fabulous, unbelievably different And delicious drink. One of the finest warm or cold weather drinks that I have ever tasted anywhere in the world. Here is a modern (laughs) modern adaptation of it. Take six level teaspoons of malted milk. One can of frozen orange juice. Sounding good already. Three empty orange juice cans of water, which is bullshit because you could always add a fourth one in there. Three empty orange juice cans of ginger ale. You put the ingredients Uh into a water glass water jug that you have a cap for and shake it together well. See that the cap is tight and put it in your refrigerator and let it sit there for three days. The drink is no good at all until three days have passed. Remove from the refrigerator, shake well again and serve cold. It is the smoothest drink you've ever tasted. If you use alcohol in your drinks, who doesn't? Add four ounces of vodka to the drink after the three days have passed and serve it at once. Everyone who drinks this will marvel at its taste and never guess what the ingredients are. There are drinks with orange juice bases served in America, such as the Orange Julius, but none of them can be compared to this famous drink. It is in a distinct class by itself. And again, the hard-hitting research that we do here on Eat It, three days ago, I have prepared this. I have a small sample here in the...
2: I can't believe we didn't mention orange I julie. I didn't even I, think of I forgot I about think orange julie. I this may taste like an orange julie. I... I- they used to throw the whole shell into orange Julius. Orange Julius had eggs I and, and their shells in it anymore. and stuff.
3: I, I guess not in my. They, they are around, I guess, but I don't see them. But I have I have the concoction here in the in the official eat it and beat it shaker here. So For three days.
2: Does it keep any carbonation I, at
3: all? We'll find out. No, there's no carbonation. Hang on here.
2: Clinky clanky.
3: I see I see. see. Alright, so let's see. Right.
2: Are you vodkaing it or are, are you just going you straight
3: thinking? up? You sneaky. <laughs> Come on, that was the first thing in the damn glass. Alright. Okay, this smells very orange, Julius. It must be the malted milk. Okay, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That there's there's just a hint. And I mean a hint of fizz because I did tighten the cap, but not that much because, and the, you know, it tastes very Orange Julius like, but different. Is
2: it the smoothest drink you've ever drank? It's the in smoothest your life? drink
3: I've ever drank in my entire life. And it makes me want to put an ostrich plume in my head and find a South American Indian and get a basket of oranges. But it is quite tasty. Uh, Mr. Herder has done it again. His 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 vast knowledge of uh, of everything food related. It's not a bad little drink here. I don't know what I'm going to do with a gallon jug of it. I guess I'll have to uh, drink it. Drink it. But but it's good.
2: <laughs> pond it off on the wife and kids too.
3: They'll drink it. Well, tonight. I added vodka to the bottle, so
2: pretty much. Whoa! Oh, pond it off. Oh, the wife doesn't. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's just it's the all the wife you, baby. doesn't
3: drink, and the kid is eight. So. <laughs> you can find some people at the garage oh, if you, if you
2: if you need to pour some of that now down. I was just talking
3: to creepy and Mike today and, and he's down for for he would be down for it right now if I'd go over there but wonderful and, and so uh, on that note I guess I guess uh that's gonna probably wrap up the orange part of uh, of Eat It. orange you glad that we chose the topic
2: oh. I use that joke in one of my other podcasts. I tried to use
3: that, and joke. and we end we end on a pun and uh, and, and and go out uh, with, with a wonderful drink here. And uh, I guess we're going to pass the uh, the rest of the show on. And, and there is a, there is a connection. You have to be a, a, a pretty smart cookie to um, to figure out our connection today, or maybe you don't. We'll, we'll,
2: we'll see if you connect yeah, the dots. You connect yeah, connect the dots, all right? We'll be right back
1: after this. Doctor, it burns when I pee. Me too, thanks to Atomic Flamin' Hot Cheezos. The hottest cheese-flavored, puffcorn snack you can buy without a prescription! Wow, my God, that burns! But these Atomic Flamin' Hot Cheezos are worth it! Look for Atomic Flamin' Hot Cheezos behind the counter at your local pharmacy. Or in your grocer's snack aisle. Atomic Flamin' Hot Cheezos. So good they make it burn when you pee. Hurt and can't work? Call the law offices of Turner, Conroy, and Finkelstein. Five 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 double lot double lot. In a wreck and need a check? Call the law offices of Turner, Conroy, and Finkelstein. Five 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 double lot double lot. Blood won't come out of the carpet? Call the law offices of Turner, Conroy, and Finkelstein. 555 five, five, Double Ought Double aught Turner Conroy and Finkelstein helped me cut through all the red tape with getting disability. Now I'm getting my check. I'm not hurt. I just didn't feel like working no more. Thanks, Turner Conroy and Finkelstein. For all your legal and illegal needs, call the law offices at Turner Conroy and Finkelstein, 555 five, Double aught Double aught Not licensed to practice law in any state or the District of Columbia. Turner Conroy and Finkelstein is a wholly owned subsidiary of Biscuit Basket Consolidated Brands, Incorporated.
2: Hello and welcome back to Beat It—the second half of a two-part podcast. This part being on, well, tonight, all American pornography. I am one of your hosts, Remington Steele Dossier, and I am here with my co-host, David Dennison.
3: Don't cash the check, God! Don't cash the check. And uh, oh, checks will be uh, cashed. And and um. And, and this did, I, I, you know what, go ahead, bring it in.
2: Well, for the first time, we're going to get timely, but we're not going to get political. Absolutely yes, not. this is this is torn from the, the, the headlines of today, or I guess from the clickbaits of today. <laughs> we are going to be examining, so to speak, porn starlet. Dormy Daniels. Now, we're not really going to talk about any of the, the, you you know, there's a whole presidential porn star thing going on right now, but that's what your Facebook feed and the news is for. You can, you can go hear people opine and talk about all those, those gritty details or not gritty details. I don't know this that we're recording. This is, we recorded this two months from when you're hearing it, so. Who knows what's happening right now? We're
3: just here so, to, to let you know a little bit about Stormy Daniels. because We're bringing you the
2: facts. That's now, all. Did you... We're not really bringing you the facts on this case. Nope. We're bringing you the facts on Miss Daniels. Now, did you
3: know about Stormy Daniels, in all honesty, before any of this went? No, neither.
2: Apparently, though, if you like follow porn stars by name... <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you probably might have because she seems to have quite, she's quite credentialed <laughs> and not in the normal, like you would say in a sort of um, trying to be nice sort of, oh, she's got many credentials, no, no. which means she's been in a million porn movies, and... which is true, she, yeah. but she has, she has worked herself into the industry beyond just acting. She
3: is the most uh, modern, I guess. Porn star that we have done on the show, and and for I'm going to get it off my chest that you, sir, are a jerk because you you I I, even though I have been dropping hints to you for the past two weeks that we should watch one of her movies, all I got from you was ah you know this. I wasn't going to do it. it, I wasn't going to do it. it, I know better. It took me the better part of a while to finally get a movie. Operation Desert Stormy uh, which was filmed on a budget of $250,000 in 2000
2: I thought you were going to say $250
3: <laughs> yeah basically it's, it, it goes to show if you have a house in LA you can be anywhere in the world and it comes from <laughs> it comes from it. Was 2007 and you're an asshole it was three hours long, and I texted you this, and I said, "Jesus, this is three hours long." And you says, "Hell, she's got movies that are four hours off.
2: She's got four DVD sets of you know part this part one through four, it, you know, and each DVD is probably two and a half hours long or whatever. I
3: guess we are we are following a a sort of unsteady history, a timeline of porn where this. Stormy, uh, uh, Stormy, what? It's, it's Stormy Daniels is probably a representative of the, of the direct, direct-to-DVD order at-home porn. Not something that you would go and see at a theater. Well, well, look,
2: look at it this way: if if um, the competition is fierce these days for porn, if you have a computer and the internet, porn is yeah. free. Of any kind. If you want to read, like, text, or see we'll look at pictures or videos, and I imagine there's probably places where they collect audio porn, and, or, or whatever, you can go look at it, listen to it, or whatever. So I, I think when you, if you're going to sell a DVD to somebody, they want, if you're going to sell something physical to people, they want three or four hours of it, you know, they want to get, like, as much, in this case, literally as much bang for the buck <laughs> as they can, so so it, instead of like an hour and a half movie, they want they want three hours of material, and it ain't Lord of the Rings. No, you don't have to spend no. that that three hours on on expensive CG. It's it's actually cheap. It's actually cheap to do long movies as long as it's just mostly people having and sex, so you half, don't have to write have anything. Half, no. But I hear there was a little bit of writing oh. in Operation
3: Desert Storm. I, right? I hate you, but. Uh... Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about Stormy. Now, Daniels was born Stephanie Gregory Clifford in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Daniels' parents were divorced when she was four, and she was pretty much raised by her mom. Uh, and daddy issues. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and she and there's a lot of interesting stuff about her. Uh, in Baton Rouge, uh, she was the president of her 4-H club and the editor of the school magazine and a uh, newspaper. Uh, and she says she came from an average lower income household where she often went days without electricity. Uh, she started stripping at the age of, or dancing, I think they like to call it dancing. She started dancing at the age of seventeen at a club in Baton Rouge, and decided on her stage name to reflect to reflect her love of Motley Crue, whose basis is uh, Nikki Sixx. Uh, Nikki Six and uh, named her daughter Storm. And since she was from Louisiana, she chose to name her, uh, she chose the last name of Daniels after seeing a Jack Daniels advertisement that read a Southern favorite. So that's where she came up with her name. She uh, works mostly or uh, signed an exclusive contract with Wicked Pictures. Uh, an interesting fact about Wicked Pictures is that they are a company that promotes the use of safe sex. So most of the all of their modern or, or recent movies, uh, the, the guys work on, them. and uh, that's something that's it's probably a good thing for the actresses because you don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna catch. So that people shouldn't have a problem with that. And in two thousand and four, she won the. Best New Starlet Award from the Adult Video News, uh, which came as a complete surprise to her because she was sure that Jesse Jane was going to win, and made a five hundred dollar bet with another porn starlet, and and uh, well, she won, so that was a surprise to her. And uh, so I figured, okay, you know, she's in the news. I want to do do the hard hitting reporting as a cub reporter of the Beat It Show. Uh, I was, you know. and
2: see is how nobody else that listens to the yeah. show would ever check any of that stuff out. Anyway, we'll do it. For yeah. Them. I
3: delegated myself to watch, um, operation desert stormy three hours of it, which I did fast forwarded for a little while. Um, I, I guess I could, I could tell you a little bit about the premises of, uh, operation desert stormy. It, uh, it, it, she's, it's basically a secret agent rip-off, okay? Her and her husband uh, are secret agents and they work in an office with other secret agents and it's basically like the te- television show The Office, but they're secret agents and there's a lot of screwing going right on. And they come across a plot that the world is going to be blown up by terrorists and leader of who is Ron Jeremy. Yes, Ron Jeremy is the lead terrorist. And he has a big silver... He looks kind of like Snoke. He's dressed like Snoke from The Last Jedi with uh, all gold and silver. And uh, he is the lead bad guy. And it is up to Agent D, as she is known, her bumbling husband, and a cast of... 10 maybe other women. <laughs> so you, get, you get to witness Stormy for the first 20 minutes of the movie, maybe 15, and then you get to see Stormy in action again at the last uh, 10 minutes of it. So she directed it, she wrote it. It's a comedy. It's not funny. <laughs> God, is it ever not funny? But it was a tough watch. But it definitely fills a uh, a need, like you like you were saying. You know, this is probably the future of 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 porn, because you know, I had to break for dinner, I had to break for breakfast, I had to break for lunch. I couldn't sit down and watch the whole thing. It was a uh, it was pretty painful. But
2: uh, yeah, pretty painful definitely sort of describes my Stormy Daniels video viewing. So
3: you watch experience. you watch. Uh,
2: I did not watch three hours of Stormy Daniels. I was, I think I would probably say the average length of, I I just went to, you know, the sort of like, I think Pornhub was one of them. X-Videos was one of them and just put Stormy Daniels in and saw what popped up. And uh, I'd say the average length of the videos that I watched would be like eight to 12 minutes. Something like that. So there were probably clips from Operation... I may have seen clips from Operation Desert Stormy. What? Now, the thing is, I put her name in, so everything that I got up was not Stormy Daniels, though. A lot of it was stuff that she had yes. made.
3: Because
2: gonna... the first clip I pulled up, I was like, okay. And it was one of those... It had the feel to it to, it started in the 80s, although there were a few in, women in the 70s, but in the 80s it sort of took hold where women would become the directors and writers and stuff and be like, um, we're, we're going to make porn that women will want to watch too, which has, you know, they, they're more engaged in a story and communication between the characters. So the characters were talking before they had sex. You know, having a romantic conversation or a relationship conversation that was really poorly written. Uh. And then the and then the sex was very like gauze over the camera, you know. It was still hardcore, but it was it was filmed more quote unquote sensually. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, that lady isn't Stormy Daniels, she's like twenty years old and Asian, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So it's a, it was a clip that she directed, but I found plenty of of once you know, once you get a look at Stormy Daniels, you, it's, she's pretty easy to spot. She's got a very big tattoo, like on her belly. So well, you you,
3: you can you can say out there, oh, well, I've never watched Stormy Daniels, but if you have watched the forty-year-old virgin, you have seen Stormy Daniels. Mm, that's right. She was in a clip uh, of a fantasy that. Uh, that Steve Carell was having in that movie. So you have, you have seen her. If you love the first, uh, the 40 year old virgin with Steve Carell.
2: I guarantee you almost everybody in America, it, it may, it, in the world has <laughs> at least watched one Stormy Daniels not video. even now. knowing it because just out of curiosity. No, no, they, okay, knew. Yeah. they went and looked okay. it up. They, whether they admit it or not, whatever. I think almost everybody may. And I'm saying ladies too. They just want to check it out and say, I just want to see
3: who this person is. Well, I is. think off off Mike you you said it best when you said she was generic.
2: In every way, and I don't mean that I, <laughs> I well, I do mean that as a slam. It's a kind of a slam, but I mean there uh, uh, like uh, I I'm not going to um to run down her success because she's obviously like an intelligent person and yeah. driven. Uh, and so and like business minded so she probably got into porn and said all right you know when you're a woman having sex in a porn movie you only have so much of a shelf life and when the porn movie's over you get your money and then you don't get anything else you know and and but if you're a producer and stuff you're getting money all you know you're getting money from all different directions you know it's it's a step up and you don't have to Do the the grueling work that being in a being in a movie is grueling work. Being in performing in a porn movie is like you know being Cirque du Soleil you know Cirque du Soleil style
3: skill level. If you're doing it, she's not. So she's not from what I've read about her. She's not an unintelligent woman. I mean, she 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 you know she did her part with the porn, and now she is mostly behind the scenes. She writes. She produces. And she'll throw herself in the beginning of the movie, maybe if she wants to, and maybe give it a little bit at the end just to get it still out there.
2: She seems to genuinely like performing. She seems to be, but you know, I mean, she's older now, you know, she's 40, what, 46 or something like that now. Yeah. which is. She's in her forties now and, you know, she's probably thinking maybe she'll have a family eventually or, you know, retire. She has a daughter,
3: you know, she's, she's been married twice. And, uh, she's been she's been married and divorced uh, twice uh, first to fellow porn star Pat uh, mine mean and then to Mike moss and she has a daughter who she is um, really attached to and from her former boyfriend uh, Glendon Craig and you know you had mentioned to me that she had tried to run uh, for the Republican senator as Republican
2: or at least She did, it. yeah. A group
3: of fans, they attempted to recruit Daniels to run against Republican Senator David Vitter in Louisiana in 2010, and uh, the recruitment process was centered around the website draftstormy.com, uh, and she actually went as far as to put together an exploratory committee. And she was unaffiliated with any party up until April of 2010, when she, of course, declared herself a Republican because she wanted to run against her Republican uh, uh, person that was a senator. And she made uh, several tours around Louisiana and focused on the economy as well as women in business and child protection and stated that if she was elected, she would likely retire from the adult film industry in August 2009, her campaign manager's car was blown up. Although no one was in the car at the time, she announced on April 15, 2010 that she would not be running for Senate, saying she could not afford a run for the Senate seat, and stating that her media never took her, uh, the media never took her candidacy seriously. And she probably didn't want to get blown up, because... (laughs) In Louisiana, if your car blows up and you're running for uh, office, it's probably a good idea that you might want to continue keeping those high heels on and, you know, doing what you're doing now. Uh, But that surprised me. So she's not a stupid woman by all means. And she has no – she has no – she's not hiding anything about herself. In her current situation that she's in right now, it's really hard for people to – to hurt her because she has no secrets i mean she says you know she was a stripper she was a prostitute before anything bad said about her yeah. has already what, been what are you said. gonna do and, and from an article that i read you know people are trying to troll her and she is trolling them right back and shutting them down because you know she likes money she wants money and that there's nothing wrong with her uh in that aspect and uh, she's not. You can't get any. You know, porn stars. I would think are, are probably people that you really can't. Uh, you can't scare and, and take skeletons out of their closet because they work with their skeletons every day.
2: I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming she hasn't murdered anybody yeah. or anything.
3: Not, <laughs> like not, not that willingly, to, but what, know. what a way to go. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, I mean, unless she like hit you with a hammer or something. I gotta say. Not impressed by her porn at all, but this is part of, this is part of, I guess, a larger discussion of modern porn, which I'm just not a fan of. Yeah, I have to Every once in a while, I'll see one and go like, oh, that was okay, or that, or sometimes I'll see something that somebody's put some creativity into, or some personality into, but it's, it's you know it's always been churned out but it's really churned out and Stormy Daniels is on the upper echelon of it but like to me like i do not i i could look at her and go she's a pretty woman but it's like fake ha- fake blonde hair fake boobs you know layers of layers of makeup and stuff it's it's the basic american you know blonde blonde pneumatic woman sort of thing. And the and the sex is, she definitely I, enjoys her job. She's she's good at her job, but it's just, it's generic, I guess is the only word is going to keep coming up. Yeah. Um, right. It is very much like, and this is why I probably never, I probably read her name before, like in passing or something, but I probably have never watched of, of it because her, her videos, even like when I was looking at the previews for him, it was like, are, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't one that I was like, Ooh, this one has a really interesting title or interesting preview picture for it. That makes it look like it's something, you know, um, I don't want to say exciting, but you know, just original or, or with, with some, some personality to it. It's, it's, it's just sort of straight ahead, you know, um, it's 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 like the McDonald's of porn. Yeah. You know, it's a Big Jordan Mac God. is yeah. what it is. And
3: it, it was unwatchable. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I, I guess it... Well, I, you watched it. I, so. <laughs> I watched it, but it was purely for the hard-hitting journalist that I am on this show that I had to go out there and take one for the team because you weren't going to do it. I, no. I, I, had, I had to. I, I watched it over, uh, you know, over the course of maybe two days. I watched it, and it was just so bad and corny and and obviously filmed in one house in LA and when they had to go to the Middle East uh, they would just go to the backyard when they had to go to Hawaii they would put a couple of palm trees up behind a swimming pool and they were in Hawaii and then all of a sudden they're they're in the Middle East and Ron Jeremy is the sheik and he has a shirt that says uh, Arabs gone wild <laughs> on it and he's just being Ron Jeremy cuz i guess at at this point in his career he he can just go and just be himself he's, he doesn't have to have sex with anybody just his name on the on the marquee is going to be hey ron jeremy
2: i mean it's got to be for such a niche audience you know i mean the thing about porn is it's like some people i guess want to like be like all right and and i might even be one of those people to some extent where i like to have a story or at least some sort of sketch of characters, so it, it puts some sort of context to it yeah. and, and atmosphere to the it. The classic movie, and I don't mean atmosphere like ooh, it's all like you know nicely lit and stuff. You know, there's there's some chemistry or something going on. You know, well the
3: classic movies that's... that we've covered over the past year have have been. Enjoyable on two levels to me. At least they were, they were, some of them were filmed like Emmanuel were, you know, filmed very, you know, filmed very beautifully. They were nicely filmed. And, and so, actual acting. In yeah, them. actually, they were trying to, to actually act, uh, you know, behind a green door. You had a, you, you, they, uh, do you want to, they were more artistic, I guess. Is that what I'm trying to say? That maybe.
2: Yeah, no, it was. It's it's a piece. It has a it has a mood. It has, uh, you know, it goes into different directions and stuff.
3: I mean, when we and, looked at Russ Myers, I said, "This is a guy that that, I mean, his stuff is crazy, but man, it's enjoyable. I really liked it. But when I watch Stormy uh, Daniels, and I guess being as this is my first look into really modern porn. Uh, there's just nothing it, it's- it makes me wonder why you know it's like okay so,
2: the, so somebody wants to watch this and go like hey, I'm not just watching people have sex there's a story to it or Bullshit. something but I wonder why that even we have that pretext anymore in these days when you can just go onto the internet and like well oh, what am I in the mood to look for today Type, type 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 and there it is you know and it's a, it's a five minute clip and you get, you, you get your hit of whatever it is. Yeah. So, but, uh, so if there's like this niche, if there's, there's this segment of people that want to have a story to it, you know, at least have it. Maybe we're like, okay, they're, they're doing a story, but it's a crappy, you know, whatever crappy sets in it's somebody's house, but you know all the actors are just having fun you know it's like a party where they're they're playing around you know and having fun with it or or whatever but it, it more seems like they're like okay we have to do this content and even if it's sort of comedic like in Desert Stormy Ugh. they're sort of taking it seriously you know well we gotta have we'll, we'll have dialogue and jokes and you know and stuff like this and and probably in that whole mess, Ron Jeremy was the only one who he was probably over chewing scenery like crazy. But he was probably sort of fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, he was. He was you know? he was
3: the, the uh, my favorite part of the movie. I I think it's probably for people that that you know they they want to watch porn, but they they feel kind of self conscious about just watching this stuff on on the internet because it's they want to I say oh,
2: I don't watch yeah, real super want- raunchy porn. I watch just the the, nor- v- vanilla and generic are the two words that keep bouncing or- around with it. It's just it's just so in McDonald's.
3: <laughs> I mean I don't
2: watch just any old
3: porn. I watch it has a story. You know Operation Desert Storm is a story. Well bullshit. It's 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 it's. it's I mean can let me ask you a question. Can somebody make a movie like. Emmanuel and would it be possible today to be to be uh popular could it make money would it or would people would it just not i think 50 Shades
2: of Grey is the closest thing to that and so i guess the answer is yes there's even a movie based on there's a movie coming out with like jane fonda i think and a bunch of other old act- Oh, you know like elderly actresses that get a second lease on their sex life by reading 50 shades of gray. that's the story element of the movie. I've so, never seen it. Yeah. I guess 50 shades of gray is, is, our closest thing to Emmanuel, but you know, and I guess before that was showgirls, you know, I I'm sure there's still ground out, you know, soft core stuff for hotel, Rooms and for cable channels and stuff somewhere. Well, this
3: thing, this but, thing won best comedy porn of 2007, and I was just, I that that's, that's, well 2007 that, maybe yeah That's yeah.
2: in in the, in the interview in, since 2007, a lot of digital post effects work. Has come into play you know on a level of where porn people can afford to do rudimentary cg and real and be- way better like blue screen effects and stuff for backgrounds and stuff so now like if you want like then that's a that's a that was a comedy in 2007 if it was 10 years later when when she made it she could have she could, the, you know, they could have put the background. They could have put themselves in the desert. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Instead of and yeah. and now the people who make comedy porn is usually like a parody of a TV show or a movie. They can, you know, the 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 Star Wars one they came out with a couple years ago was uh, the special effects were pretty decent in it. You know.
3: No, yeah, I guess now that you mention it, two thousand seven. We are looking at. It's pretty dated, I guess. Come, uh, I hadn't really thought about that because uh, I didn't look. At it. It's eleven years ago. I hadn't. Uh, I, hadn't uh, I hadn't watched anything modern up until this, and boy, it was before Two True Freaks. Oh, my God. So yeah, it,
2: pre pre Two True Freaks. It's just pre Two True. That's how we we, we um, date ourselves. That's how we designate <laughs> our porn. Before. Pre and post Two True
3: Freaks. Uh, it, yeah, it was it. Three hours of this, um, but but she's not. She, you know, so many of the of the stars that we um, that we talk about have terrible endings. You know, they they wind up, you know, penniless and and just just uh, not happy endings. But I think that. Huh.
2: No, she's wrestled her problems into yeah, she's into smart and, you know, her she's advantage. She's going
3: through what she's going through now, and she's hired like really good lawyers and a great legal team behind her. Uh, and
2: Oh, you see, but I don't think this is a problem, for, not to get into the political part, I don't think this is a problem for her. I think this is going to be one of the most profitable and, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it, I I don't know if it's going to be enjoyable for her. I don't I, I don't really know what she, her personality is like, well, but she may be enjoying, you know, she may be enjoying this, you bet. know. It may be it might be a Machiavellian plot that she's coldly doing or it might be, you know, passion passion driven or whatever, but um, I've yeah, I don't. I don't know if it. I don't know if it's a problem for her per se.
3: <laughs> I've read that behind the scenes, uh, you know, she's she's doing a tour right now, going out and and getting everything she can while the getting's good, but right. but she's not. According to this article, she's not enjoying it. That you know, she she just wants to lead a simple life with her daughter, but every time she steps out of her house, now of course there's there's cars and reporters everywhere. But she still goes out there, and she's keeping the ball rolling and keeping her name out there. And the fact that you didn't know about her, and you pretty much know everything about it, (laughs) a little bit about everything.
2: I can't keep up with modern porn (laughs) actresses. I just can't. There's too many of them. I I couldn't keep up. I'd still be hard-pressed to name 80s. I couldn't name 90s porn actresses, a few 80s porn actresses. You know, I'm I'm still, I, I've
3: processed the
2: 60s and 70s. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I, I think that's going to be my favorite uh, genre to look up for the show. Uh, you knew Bridget the Midget? I mean, come on!
2: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, but Bridget the Midget was on Howard Stern all the time, so that was more how I... I wonder I... if Stormy's been
3: on Howard Stern. Probably that would be interesting. Probably,
2: Probably interesting at some
3: things, point, uh, yeah. To uh, if not, I bet he's chomping at the bit to get her on there right now.
2: Well, I mean, that's the thing is though. Howard Stern loves the generic, all-American, pneumatic beauty queen, porn star-looking woman. I think that's what his, you know, wife and in his well, his current wife and his ex-wife pretty much were blonde sort of breast job type ladies. So so she would be right up his alley. And if, I mean, if she's winning, I mean, Howard Stern and Howard Stern's people are definitely way more on the, the porn tip. I mean, honestly, when I go to, like, video porn sites, I'm mostly, like, doing research for the show. I'm going to end up watching be some you know 70s full-length movie to to see if it's any good you know what i mean and be like oh maybe this will be a fun movie to watch you know and and when i see all the 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 just like straight up sex ones they just all look the same they all look exactly the same and then when i watch them they are all pretty much it was funny having a conversation with uh the the hair metal hero once and he's just like, yeah, you know, I, I can just look at that, you know, the little play, play, uh, slider across the bottom and go like, Oh, I can slide it over <laughs> here and I know this will be happening. And if I slide it this far, I know this will be happening. That's how I, and how that, I mean, Desert that's stormy done. was
3: a little slider on the bottom.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that, and that, and that's, I mean, that's, that's because that's done because of demand from the consumer, you know, that's after, uh, all this porn that we see is, you know, fine-tuned, distilled from, you know, I mean, if if there's ever an industry that's responsi- responsive to its consumers and really figuring out how to maximize, it's the porn industry. You know, I, I had a friend who was a, a bouncer and he used to work in the porn industry and he would, you know, tell, he's he was just like, yeah, you know... You notice in a lot of porn movies, at, at some point they do a a long, like, from top to bottom pan across the actress's body. Yeah. And he's like, that's specifically done so you can start, start or end with the feet. That's specifically done for the foot fetishes. So they know at least in every video they're going to get a look at her feet and see that they're in pumps or Always whatever. Always pumps. Always pumps. And, and pumps. And pumps also do my fa- my favorite modern porn thing, which is the clomp clomp clomp, where you have two two girls who are pretty good at porn, but they're not good at they're not like good at acting, and they're not and they're oddly for being good at sex and getting into sexual positions, they're oddly kind of like clumsy and and not very you know coordinated. So the, there's a lot of like women walking around in in heels just going clonk 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 everywhere you know, every time there's a w- woman in the, every time a woman's moving in the room it's like horse hooves. You I gotta know? say
3: Stormy is very nimble. Uh, so she doesn't have that problem.
2: No, she's got her moves down and that's the thing though is is she is almost the to the point of mechanical, you know. Yeah. She's smooth and like sensual, but it's a practiced. It's an it's 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 an acting performance. It's almost stagey, you know, in in a way. Um, That was the the first one I watched was I think it was titled Stormy Daniels Three Way, (laughs) and it was her this mulleted kind of cheesy looking guy older older but then again i think it was in her milf period too but i think he might have been old a little older than her and then another another lady and it was shot like sort of like hbo real sex sort of way where they're all like hi i'm stormy Daniels. hi i'm blah 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 and i'm a lucky guy and and then this woman going like oh i love watching stormy and this guy they're so hot And blah, 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 blah. and then they have sex and you know, so it had a little segment, you know, and and it had nice little graphics of their names coming up and stuff, like it was a reality show or something like that. So it was probably part of a movie about a reality show or st- uh, stuff like that. And you know, Stormy Daniels is having sex with the guy, and it's and it's it's sort of like a lap dance or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, It's sort of like yeah, exactly. something she's learned from dancing and learned moves and and all that stuff, like. It doesn't, the, 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 um, oh, I'm trying to look for the word for it, but it's almost like, um, codified, you know, sensuality that all, all of, uh, um, everything about a strip club is that everything sort of, you know, so. The symbolic, oh, the writhe, you know, and like, oh, I'm going to writhe over you and and all that. It's all just sort of pr- this this programmed and generic well, it's, sort it's of It's a thing. circus.
3: I mean, like, I, I kept yes. thinking, like,
2: like, it's a mind. Stormy,
3: <laughs> Stormy was the ringmaster, or maybe like uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, where you, you expected to see a lot of, of Stormy. But you didn't. She came on. She introduced, you know, kind of did a little thing in the beginning. And then she, she acted, and she had all the other girls on for the two and a half hours. Yeah, they, 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 they do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah. She had two scenes. So uh, I guess if you really want to, if you're really intrigued by her and you really want to see, you're going to have to go back to some of her earlier works before she um, she decided she was going to be a producer and a writer and a director uh but if this is the future if this is what you know pornography is now i'm i'm not really into it i i'd rather it's I'd rather boring yeah watch, it's it's i'd rather dull. go back and watch russ myers that's i mean as the first modern thing i've watched i i was expecting something that had a little bit of chops to it and i keep saying it was bad but but i I guess I just wanted. Oh, this is going to sound so stupid, but I just wanted more story. I don't know. I wanted a little bit. I wanted... Life, a little more life yeah. to it. It's kind of lifeless. I... When we get to the
2: Devil and Miss Jones movies, yeah, you'll yeah. see. You'll see. There's Devils Miss Jones one, then there's part two, and then there's part three and four, which are actually one movie that they cut in two so they could sell more DVDs. So there's there's basically three um Devil and Miss Jones movie there's more than that but those are the three main you know big budgeted you know di- and they're completely different movies made by completely different people with completely different feels to them but all three of them have energy to yeah. them you know they have life they were trying to they they had they had an idea behind them you know and you di- and you don't even need a very complex idea but just a, an idea a mood and and stuff like that you know So
3: let me ask you are we looking at an industry that has peaked and actually is now going back downhill
2: No I mean as far as
3: like entertainment value I mean it, did it peak in the cities? We're
2: we're we're just before we're just before interactive I mean they're they're now they have very realistic sex dolls but we're getting close to like sex androids we're getting very close to like virtual reality suits for your whole body type of thing you know and stuff like that with the with technology and when technology goes forward it usually goes forward, riding on the backs of pornography. <laughs> so, the, so, so the best
3: is yet to come.
2: So where we got ver- we've got like holodecks and virtual reality coming up. Uh, well, I'll be too. Right. So what's the first? You know, I mean, I mean, I, I'm 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 pretty sure Gutenberg was printing porn before he was printing <laughs> Bibles. Well,
3: Eve was naked, so there, you know. But but I don't know. I I I think that. All said and done, for right now, I think uh, I'll just stick with the classics.
2: I mean, it's sort of like there's some part of me that's like, I've got got to keep checking out some of the modern porn, but I'm not going to get more than 30 seconds into it. On just that off hope that you find the new Russ Meyer or something like that. I mean... uh is, I don't know if there's a place for for for
3: for Russ Meyer. These do you think days. there is? Do you think there's somebody out there, another Russ Meyer, that would like to to make?
2: No, because Russ Meyer was such a product of his time. You know, there was there was that, that there was like that creepy coyness at that time about sex that we've got. We've pretty we haven't completely gone past it in our society. But if somebody wants to make uh, a dirty arty or funny or or expressive Russ Meyer movie with full penetration and sex in it, they can. Yeah. I mean there was Base which was pretty much like a serial killer movie with full, you know, graphic sex in it, and uh there was um I cannot remember the name of it, but it was by the same guy who did the, the other one that I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> the name of it about the um he he oh his name's John K- Cameron not James Cameron but John Cameron why can I oh Hedwig um he- in the, the, Angry Angry Inch. Inch. the Angry Inch the director of the, the, the guy who wrote and directed and played Hedwig in Hedwig in the Angry Inch did a uh, follow up movie that I can't for the life of me remember the name of But it was NC-17, and it was, it had full, you know, all kinds of, gay sex, lesbian sex, straight sex, experimental sex, and it was, you know, a, a comedy drama, you know, full realized movie type thing, and it sort of came out to not a lot of big, it was a good movie, and it got good reviews, and it didn't, it wasn't scandalous, you know, it's I I think it would be hard to create buzz yeah. for something like that. You you only with weird things like Fifty Shades of Grey, which tapped into some weird creepy vein, and I don't mean creepy as an S and M vein because uh, you know. By the description of Fifty Shades of Grey compared to people who are like talk, who are into S and M talking about it, it's a whole different animal. You know, it's this weird, weird, um, sort of held back version, uh, and it's it's strange. It's from the mind of somebody who didn't come from the S and M community. It's came from. It's like the product of a repressed mind. Yeah, sort of thing. And I think it it's it's struck something in people's in in ladies' brains that they liked. But that was just sort of a weird anomaly. It wasn't anything like Emmanuel or, or Russ Meyer. No. You know, somebody's more people seem more likely in the exploitation world to go for, for violence, you know. Yeah. So, extremely gory and stuff. There's, you know. So I guess what you're but, saying
3: is, 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 it's, it's still out there, but yeah, it's just a little bit harder to find. Uh, yeah, well, or it's just sort of
2: sparser. You know, I mean, that the, the movie by the guy who did uh, Hedwig was that was a good six or seven or more years ago. It could be up to like ten years ago, actually. Well maybe now that, now I think a showgirls showgirls was in the 90s
3: yeah well maybe we'll have to town uh, to road explore this again with uh, something more contemporary and see if it's gotten any better or if it's stayed the same or or uh, what exactly is happening right now
2: yeah let's uh let's put a call out to the listeners right now and you can uh, come to the Facebook page and and tell us. If there's like a, dir- a director, I can't even think of the name of a porn director now except for Stormy Daniels now yeah. in, the, in the modern times, a modern porn director. But if there's somebody who's doing work that's unusual, you know, that's somewhere in that Russ Meyer, somewhere in, I mean, you're not going to make something like Russ Meyer because no. if you try, it's just going to be cheesy because uh, your, you're not Russ Meyer. But somebody who's doing something sort of iconoclastic and, and weird or an actor or an actress that that you know whenever they're in something it's it, you, more interesting or layered yeah. than that I would uh, I would be very curious. Well, Robert
3: Ward will definitely uh, go ahead and and shoot us out. He's,
2: He may have done some research. He'll,
3: he'll shoot us out something contemporary that is that is, uh, I'm sure pretty good.
2: Uh, you just said shoot us out something contemporary oh God, I
3: didn't even say that. all right uh on that note i <laughs> i guess we just we have just uh shot out another uh
2: episode of beat it yep and now it's time to roll over and
3: go to bed <laughs> maybe smoke a cigarette <laughs> sleep on your back and uh and and I'm not sure. I, I, we had we had something different <laughs> planned for for this month, but we decided that we were going to do this, and we'll probably go back to what we were we were originally planning. cause i
2: this, this, is, this was Dar- this was totally Dario's idea, and Dario did it. It was like maybe we'd be crossing a line doing this, and I was just like
3: line,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> grab. We- Dario by the scruff of the shirt and was like, "Was that the line back there?" <laughs> Did Bridget the midget and
3: Long Jean Silver? There is no line. <laughs> so, there you have it. They keep moving the line. Yeah, just, we keep drawing the line in the sand. Cross this line. Now this one. Now this one. So, we have no lines. But uh, but I, I thought it would be something fun to look into because. Uh, if anything, I I want to keep up with with uh, with what's going on. So there. I want. I like new talent. Yeah. Stormy Daniels, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Stormy Daniels, ladies and
2: gentlemen.
1: <laughs> Don't know why. There's no sun up in the sky Stormy weather Since my man and I ain't together Keeps raining all the time Life is bare Gloom and misery everywhere stormy weather Just can't get my poor self together I'm weary all the time the time
2: Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True, True Freaks. Can't go.
1: On. Everything I had is gone. Stormy weather. Since my man and I the success of the recent Apollo space flights, man has been brought another step closer to the moon. Aboard these manned Apollo flights, three astronauts, and with them, Tang. Tang, the energy breakfast drink with rich natural flavor and more vitamin C than orange juice. Still, Tang's biggest role isn't in NASA's space program, it's right here on Earth.